Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oh, what a save by Campbell! Off to Jared McCann from the right wing. Campbell gets the glove and holds on. About ten and a half minutes left in that game in Seattle last night. Campbell absolutely robbing Jared McCann blind. Cross crease save, flash the leather. Nothing doing for the 40-goal score. And that is all part of a sparkling preseason through two games now for Jack Campbell. Uh, He has a 0.98 goals against average, a 971 save percentage. Staking his claim to the opening night starter, perhaps. What does that really mean anyway? I I mean, you're going to see a reasonably even split, you would think, injury permitting uh, or whatever, um, of these guys moving forward. So who cares who starts on opening night? As long as he's on a roll at that time, fine with me. It is Oilers now. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob tonight, who is back tomorrow just uh, taking care of a corporate function for the Oilers, the lucky guy. So uh, here I am in his stead. Oilers now, Brian. Brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offering tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. So excited to uh, to chat with our next uh, guest here because he's had eyes on all these preseason games. He's been analyzing it for the Oilers radio network. And he's also going to be... <laughs> The voice of why on earth a team would be starting a season without any defense pairs. We'll get to that in a minute. We welcome aboard Rob Brown. Rob, you're on with Brendan tonight. How you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, Rob. The headliner this evening for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. So how'd they get it done, Rob? A 4-1 victory last night against a heavily dressed Seattle team. Grubauer and Nett. Kyler Yamamoto strikes his his old team with a goal, but they were able to emerge with a 4-1 victory on a night where they were outshot 2-1. Well, they got it done because their goaltending was much, much better than the Kraken goaltending. Uh, the Kraken have had issues over the last couple of years. They were a playoff team last year despite poor goaltending. And when you out-shoot a team as the Kraken did yesterday and come out on the short end, uh, you got goalie issues. And the other, on the opposite end, the Oilers had no issues in net uh, with Jack Campbell. He was excellent. Uh, he just continued his stellar play in the preseason. And with Jack Campbell... Uh, Reed and I talked about it the other night. It really started at the end of last year. He played in a, a, a number of games at the end of the season. It was against lower competition, teams that were on the outside looking in. But he played those, and he played well. And then when he went into the playoffs, he was used sparingly, but he came in a couple times, and when he came in, he was excellent. He actually won a game and possibly extended the Oilers' playoffs with the way he played against L.A. in that third period. So he gained confidence going into the the off season. He worked hard in the off season. He obviously worked on uh, a few technical things because he looks bigger. But he's whatever he did and the confidence he's gained has worked because he has been excellent in both his starts and the reason that the Oilers won both games in the preseason that he played in because he was that good. This this bodes well for the Oilers. They get two goaltenders playing well, challenging each other for the crease. 
it just makes them a much more competitive hockey club. Any uh, tepidation about sort of the opposite results that we've seen from Skinner? A little bit shakier through the first couple of his games, or is it too early to really invest in that kind of thing? Well, I thought Skinner was good in game one. He he was not, he was just okay in game two. Um, I don't know if there's concern or worry, but I I do know that uh, there is competition. I think that uh, Skinner wants to have a, a good next outing to have a little confidence going into the season. Um, I, I mean, it's preseason, so you don't want to put too much into someone playing well or someone pay, playing poorly uh, because these games don't matter yet. But I, I know that right now, you, as a GM and as a coach, you look at the positive, and the positive is Jack Campbell and what he's doing. Now they just need Stuart Skinner to show. Uh, what he's capable in his exhibition game, and then you have a healthy competition going into the regular season. Rob Brown is our Inside the Game analyst on 6.30. Chad, uh, as far as the guys playing in front of those two goaltenders, and I think a lot of the reason that there is there is a lot, you don't need to worry so much right now, Rob, is because you're not looking at which goaltender is trying to make the team. Your, your two goaltenders are set, so it's sort of more about, I guess, how you're playing as you enter the season in, in that sense. But for the defensemen playing directly in front of them, certainly a competition for playing time in the final couple of spots. It looks like to me, Ben Gleason has really emerged as the guy probably ahead of Darn or um, Vinny DeHarnay, and that's not to say he's going to make the team ahead of Vinny DeHarnay, but I think he has outplayed him in the preseason. Well, I think Gleason's outplayed both DeHarnay and Broberg. Uh, he's he's much more noticeable in both of, than both of those players, and in a positive way. Uh, he's involved. He's making plays. Um, he's being noticed, and the coaching staff's talking about him. I don't know if the coaching staff, what their expectations were for Ben Gleason coming into training camp, but I don't think there was any thought of him making this team. Now, it's still probably a little bit of a longer shot. I think Gleason will be the first call-up for the Oilers, but it's a confidence builder for him. It's a confidence builder for the organization that they've got some quality depth. Uh, The the difference between, uh, you bring up Vinny DeHarnay, Gleason and Dayarnay completely different hockey players. Uh, Dayarnay is going to be a penalty kill and shut down physical specimen on the back end. Gleason would be more like a Broberg, or a puck mover, a puck transporter, someone that can make the first pass, uh, break up things, and quickly get it up ice. And that's where I think he's been the standout in comparison with Broberg because he's doing all the things that the others are hoping Broberg will eventually get to. So. Um, Gleason has put his name in the mix. Um, I don't know if it's enough yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Gleason in a couple more games here in the preseason just to give the coaching staff, you know, that last little bit of, hey, is this kid capable of playing? Because right now the, the Oilers have played a bunch of games. they played some teams that are, you know, pretty good, you know, 60%, 70% NHL teams. The last few games you're going to be playing against 
full NHL team. Now's the time to see if Gleason's capable of playing against a true NHL hockey club. And how about with some real NHL hockey players as well? Because you got to figure being on home ice for Edmonton, all the big boys are going to be in, or most of them, in the next couple of games there. Uh, Rob, has Philip Broberg shown you enough? He, he had a nice little backhand pass there, set up one of Borgo's goals last night. For, for a guy in the position where it's kind of a make-or-break season in the eyes of most, has he shown you enough so far? Um, I mean, there's been nothing flashy. Uh, there's nothing where at the end of the night, you go, oh yeah, Broberg had a really good game. On the other hand, there's been nothing traumatic. There's nothing at the end, oh, he really struggled out there tonight. Or remember the mistake he made here? He, I haven't seen that either. So I think that uh, Broberg's kind of been just okay. And that's where Gleason has made these strides because Gleason is noticeable. And at the end of the night, when we're talking about things that we liked in the game, we're talking about Gleason. Uh, and I think that uh, shows that if you're comparing the, the three of them, because I think it's three of them now, uh, you're talking about positives that Gleason made and you're trying to remember something that Dayerne or Broberg did. So uh, it's good that the Broberg and Dayerne are not making the big error, but they're also not giving you that special aha moment that Gleason has been doing. Leon Dreisaitl, a couple of times this preseason, has been the target of a little extracurricular activity, and boy, he has not shied away from getting right back at it. Just ask Brian Dumoulin in that game last night. A side of Leon that I suspect we're going to need to see in order for him to have that self-preservation. Not only is he capable of it, but because they don't really have a ton of that sort of insulation on this team. Well, I don't think this is anything new for Leon. I, Leon, he plays as a bully. He's been, uh, in the last number of years, he's been the aggressor. He gives more than he gets. Um, he initiates. Uh, we saw in the playoffs, and sometimes he crosses the line. He took some ill-advised penalties in the playoffs last year where he did not like something that happened, and all of a sudden a two-hand to the back of the leg. So this isn't something new for Leon. Um, uh, there's a time and place. Yeah, I, I have nothing against a, a, a skilled player creating space for him, self out on the ice, letting the opposition know that <laughs> it's not going to be easy playing against me. I think the problem that the Oilers had last year at times, they took the penalties at the wrong moment, at ill-advised times. Uh, in a preseason game, you know, who cares? Hey, the game means nothing. Send a message in the preseason, it's fine. But when you get into the regular season, you pick your spots. But uh, I, I know that there's a lot of times you'll hear on the radio, you hear media people talking about, oh, they're targeting Connor, they're targeting Leon. I have never seen that here in Edmonton. I see Connor and Leon targeting the other players. They usually are leading the charge, and there's a hesitation amongst the opposition to retaliate, A, because they don't want to give the others a power play, and B, I mean, it's always fearful when you go after the other team's top players that there's going to be retribution coming back the other way. So this is not new to Leon. This has always been Leon's game. 
Chatting with Rob Brown right now. He'll be on with Reed tomorrow night, setting up the penultimate preseason game. And then, of course, breaking it down on overtime open line as well. Final thought on the Oilers here up front. It, it doesn't really seem to me like anybody has run away with any one of the, or are we calling it the final two forward spots? Because a fourth line on this team doesn't really have three forwards on it, I don't think. Uh, but to me, it just, it, for, say, Gleason's emergence on the back end, I don't really think that I've seen that from anybody. We were hoping one of the PTO guys would. Uh, Brandon Sutter, obviously no longer in the in the fold. I don't know that Lane Peterson brings the exact element that you're looking for in that spot. What have you seen or what can you discern after six games now about what that final couple of roster spots up front is going to look like? Well, I agree. I, I don't think anyone has jumped out. I don't think anyone has. Uh, come in and said, all right, this is my spot. I'm going to take it, see if someone else can take it from me. I think uh, Adam Ernie has had a couple moments, but I don't think we've seen a consistent uh, play out of him where he says, okay, that guy is quality. We need him consistently in the lineup. And Sutter showed flashes, and unfortunately he's not with us anymore with on the team, and he's a guy that had all the attributes that you want on your fourth line. Um I, I I'm honestly, I don't know. I think Lavoie has the inside track simply because they want to see what he's capable of doing in the regular season before they make a decision on him. He has to go through waivers to be sent to the minors. So I think there's that fear that if they send him down, they may lose him, and maybe that's the guy that they need on the fourth line. So my guess is he will start the season with the Oilers. They will give him some rope, and they will see what he's capable of doing uh, during an NHL regular season game, and then they'll make a decision on him. Uh, but uh, nobody has stolen that spot. And the, the player that fills that spot might, might honestly not be with the Oilers yet. Maybe it's someone they get on waivers. Maybe it's someone they pick up later in the season. Maybe it's a seven defenseman, 11 forward uh, rotation for a while. But yeah, no, nobody's stolen the spot. To me, it's going to be Lavoie to start the season simply because of his him not being exempt from waivers. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think we all thought there might be something to that when he signed his uh, qualifying offer at 925000 I believe, instead of the league men of 775. So uh, let's uh, let's wrap up with this, Rob. I, I realize you weren't teammates with Rick Tockett in Pittsburgh. You missed him by a year there. But, you know, uh, playing hockey in the same era and kind of an idea of, of what it was like to be coached in that era as well. So you got a situation in Vancouver where last year their defense was... It, it was porous and there was a lot of work to do but they're taking the option at least to start this season of going with no defense pairings and to me it's obviously that's pretty you know young age minor hockey stuff to be seeing at the NHL here's what captain Quinn Hughes had to say about it today the good thing is is we have a lot of you know good defensemen and that's something that we you know added this year with Colsey and Susie and um and Phil, so we didn't really see much of Phil last year. So I think we got a lot of different guys that I can play with, and so he's definitely right that we can do it by committee, and I know if there's one coach that can spread us around, it's footer. So um, really looking forward to trying it out with everyone, but of course, the more you play with one guy, the more chemistry you're going to get, um, understand how they play and you know what they like to be and certain things like that. So obviously one would be uh, best, but... I'm lucky in the sense that we got so many guys that I can play with, and it's like uh, talk said, you know, we can spread it around. 
So it's, I guess it's great that you can. And he, he mentioned Adam Foote there, who's controlling the Canucks back end as an assistant coach now. Uh, but your, your reaction to this, uh, this is, uh, is certainly unique from the modern NHL standpoint. It seems like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in flux, could leave a lot of room for mixed results. Well, it could, but if you look at how the Oilers, when they go with 7D, they're rotating their defensemen throughout the game. Uh, you'll see Darnell Nurse out with his regular partner, then you'll see him uh, out with someone else on a different shift. So when you have 7D, there's not four pairings. So there is mixture. Up front, if you look with the Oilers, they're top six forwards. They never have lines. They're always with someone different teams like every other shift. So it's these are the best in the world they can adapt. Now, obviously, if you have a partner that you're secure with over time you have a chemistry and you read their habits you understand uh their body language you know what they're going to do before they do it uh but i on all honesty i don't think it's that big a deal because all of these players at this level have rotated through different pairings throughout games at different times they'll penalty kill with one guy they'll play five on five with another they'll go on the power play with a third person so I, it's not that big a deal, and I understand until they find what they're is more or less what you're doing with this situation. We're talking, he's it's a trial. All right, here we're going to go. We're going to just mix everything up for a while, and eventually we'll find something that works, and that's what we're going to stick with. So to me, it's I I think it's really a non-story. It's just a team trying to find itself. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I guess what to me, you think that they would sort that sort of thing out over a very lengthy eight game preseason. But as you're trying to mix in different personnel, maybe you don't have as much runway for that kind of thing. Uh, interesting when you when you frame it that way. I suppose that it that makes a lot of sense. I I wonder about defensemen playing on their offsides and how overblown then that typically is when we're sitting here making a mountain out of that molehill about where Philip Broberg's going to play. Is is that maybe overblown sometimes? Still, oh, one hundred percent it is. I was a defenseman <laughs> for my first two and a half years of junior, and I played the right side. I'm a left-handed player, and I always played on the opposite side. I enjoyed the opposite side better. In the offensive end, it's easier. That was me at sixteen and seventeen in junior. These are guys playing in the National Hockey League. Flipping to the other side is not that hard. It, it, I mean, there's a couple of things that become a, a tiny bit more difficult. But if you watch the way the Oilers play. The Oilers, when they change their defensemen, they don't change. A lefty doesn't change for a lefty, or a righty doesn't change for a righty. Watch when they're out there. Darnell Nurse is out there with Bouchard, and Bouchard changes. All of a sudden, Ekholm or or Kulak come on. So all of a sudden, one of the lefties is automatically playing on the right-hand side. There's no player in the National Hockey League on the back end that isn't capable of playing on his offside. So yes, 100%, it is overblown lefty-righty things. All these players can play both sides. Rob Brown's hot takes making an appearance on Oilers now this evening. You'll hear it again tomorrow night when the City Ford Faceoff show kicks off as well. Overtime open line for Rob. Thanks so much for your time this evening, Rob. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. That was fun. Always love the insights. Love hearing from you as well. 780-496-0063. That's where we're going next. We're telling you the Oilers just took you out for a date. What are your first impressions over the first six games? Let us know. We'll get back to that when we return. 
Brendan Escott tonight telling you that some guests of the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton, and Brendan's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the senses at jvedmonton.ca. It's been far too long since I've made an appearance. I need dinner and a show. And there's only one place to go. Now, this show is called Oilers Now, and we do live in oil country. Brent Ridge Ford, proud to be associated with the show. But, of course, there is a, a market for some electric vehicles out there as well. The boys at Brent Ridge with a brand new 2022 Mustang Mach-E GT Premium, originally listed for $93,300. Just about hundred grand on that one. But with Ford rebates and a large Brent Ridge discount, this SUV is now available for just over $73,000 plus GST. So if you're considering a new EV and you want a bargain, call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. We're going to turn the airwaves over to you. I'll still be here, of course, but we're going to talk Oilers preseason action. We'll bring Wilkie into the fold. Reed Wilkins has inside sports at 7 o'clock tonight. We'll talk with him, find out what's coming up on that show, but not before a global news weather traffic update. Randy Kilburn.